Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the online service. We are into our theme for this new year to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we have just been talking about loving our enemies. And uh, this is a topic that we will have to continue to learn and to, to work at it uh, in obedience to God's word in order to be able to, to fulfill what God has required of us. So the last time we end by talking about uh, the only way we can overcome evil is with good rather than an eye for an eye, evil against uh, using evil means. So when we overcome evil with good, we neutralize the forces of darkness. I felt this is a very important topic that we need to dwell a little longer in it because we are really uh, struggling uh, many times to, to put this word into practice in our life. And let's read Romans 12, verse 14 to 21. Romans 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's read that verse 21 again. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We've seen in a world that in communism, if you are an enemy, if you are opposing to this ideology, then you can be exterminated because you're standing in a way of the expansion of communism. But that is not what the Word of God teaches us. The Word of God teaches us to overcome evil with good. In the Old Testament, we have seen in the life of David when King Saul was pursuing him, wanting to kill him, wanting to destroy him out of his own insecurity 
and jealousy. And uh, in one occasion, when King Saul was pursuing David and David was hiding in a cave, and King Saul drew near and wanted to relieve uh, to, to relieve himself, and David managed to cut off a bit of his his rope. David could have killed King Saul, but he did not. And uh, and he showed kindness to King Saul. And when King Saul realized this, the Bible tells us in the First Samuel 24, verse 16, King Saul wept aloud. And he said, you are more righteous than I. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. And verse 19, he says, when a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. So can you see, King uh, 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 David tried to overcome evil, the evil that Saul is trying to do to him, to destroy him, to kill him, with good, by showing kindness, by sparing his life. And momentarily, King Saul repented, he cried, and he was touched by what David has done for him. Unfortunately, it wasn't a permanent uh, repentance and, and, and restoration of relationship. But at least at that moment, you see King Saul, he was uh, grieved because of the goodness and the kindness of David. In our modern day, in this century, we know of a man by the name Martin Luther King Jr. And we know that he was a, a pastor, a human, a, a, a civil rights leader. When America was steep in uh, racism, hatred, uh, and, and, and discrimination against the black. And during those times, the black people cannot ride on the same bus as the white people. And they are treated badly. So Martin Luther King was living in this kind of environment. And so he rises up to be a civil rights leader who advocate no violence, despite of what, quote-unquote, their enemy was trying to do to them. But Martin Luther King Jr., he led this, uh, uh, this uh, protest against the evil of the day, but no violence. And, uh, and we, we know the story that eventually... He was able to bring about such transformation and uh, reformation coming to that nation for the black people. And Martin Luther King won a Nobel Prize because of what he has done. So he is a man that, uh, as I 
read some of his saying. I, I really admire this man. Because can you imagine, how can you love these people, the, the white people at that time, who did such evil things and bad things against you and against your people. But Martin Luther King Jr. really demonstrated what it means to overcome evil with good. And uh, so this is, I, I want to use him as an example because, you know, I, I, I admire this man. I admire what he did. And, uh, and it's not easy, you know. And uh, so, so why should we love our enemies? The first reason is returning hate for hate multiplies hate. That's a statement spoken by Martin Luther King Jr. Return hate with hate, multiply hate. So, he said darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So, overcoming evil with good and not be overcome by evil itself and we begin to react and begins to behave like the opposition. How true it is. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. So we are called to be the light of the world to shine in darkness, to overcome darkness. And then hate will distort the personality of the hater, the one who is filled with hate. They will be destroyed by hate itself. And we used to think that those who are hated by people, they are... They are to be uh, sympathized with. They, they really get a bad deal. But the person who hate people are the person who is being destroyed by the hate that is in them. Not those who are being hated by others. We see that people who are filled with unforgiveness, filled with bitterness and hate, how it changed their personality. Instead of being such a nice person, they begin to be so um, critical, so judgmental, and, uh, well, they, they become a different person. They want to control, they want to, uh, to invest, investigate, just for finding, becoming a very difficult, very evil kind of person. Right, and uh, the ex-president of America, Richard Nixon, he says, those who hate you don't win unless you hate them and then you destroy yourself. You know, 
Richard Nixon, he was involved in the Watergate scandal, being a Republican president in the midst of Vietnam War and facing an election that's coming. So the people are divided. And it's going to be a very fierce, fiercely contested uh, presidential election. So Richard Nixon, with his team, they conspired and begins to steal information and tap uh, the, the communication line of the, the Democrat uh, their center and, and and they were caught his, his people were caught and uh, as a result he tried to cover up the incidents and, and eventually it was exposed by by Washington Post and finally he was impeached and, and, and he resigned as the president. So can you see, when you face that kind of situation, the kind of hatred you have towards those who expose you, or maybe those who misdirect you so that you are involved in this kind of scandal. Um, so whatever it is, Nixon knew if he continues to hold on to those hate against people who has uh, worked against him, he will be destroyed by that hate. And that's why he says, those who hate you don't win unless you hate them and then you destroy yourself. So when we are filled with hate, we can't see straight. We can't reason rationally because the hate drives uh, the person to do what is, what is evil and what is revengeful. So how do we fight against evil? The Bible tells us that to, we are to overcome evil with good. To overcome evil with good. So we are not fighting and dealing necessarily directly against the evil in an environment. But rather we populate the place with good so that we display the evil that is there. So when we begin to love, there's a redemptive power coming to love uh, that will transform the individual. So it's very important that we do not stay neutral in this kind of in environment when we face evil all around. Because especially in today's uh, world, the minority can, can dominate because they speak so loud and the good people, the, the, the majority of people just keep silent. And as a result, evil begins to surface, evil begins to, to be, exert their influence. Eventually, they dominate, they control the majority. 
we see in the present world people with you know the, the trans transgender uh, gender uh, agenda you know how loudly they, they speak and, and, and proclaim and, and, and demand rights when they don't even know what is right and wrong. Okay, so that's why we, we, we cannot stay neutral because we are to displace the evil or the wrong by populating the place with good and, and so we bring transformation. I'm going to read some quotes by Martin Luther King Jr. on, on the, uh, how we, we can overcome evil with good instead of allowing evil to rise up and dominate. He says, He who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps to perpetrate it. He who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. So can you see, sometimes, as Einstein has said, you know, the world is not destroyed by evildoer, but by, by those who have seen it and do nothing. Now, so when we passively, we keep silence, we, we do not rise up against evil, and uh, it causes the evil to, to dominate and destroy. And especially in the church context, sometimes one or two persons who are not happy they begin to rise out, they begin to criticize, they begin to uh, uh, be so judgmental, wanting to destroy the unity that's in our midst. And oftentimes you see people, they just hear what the other person, what this, this kind of person are talking. They are not rising up to speak for the truth and to to defend to preserve the unity that is in the church. And as a result, evil begins to spread and influence a lot more people and eventually it resulted in division. And Martin Luther says this, In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. That means... When you are our friend, when people are speaking against us, you just keep silence. You just want to be a nice person. You just want to be neutral. You know, you're not rising up to speak against the wrong, the evil that, that the person is doing. Maybe you do not know what is happening, but the way that the person is going about trying to destroy the unity, trying to, to, to speak against another person, you know, we got to silence it. We got to rise up. You know, even though we don't know what's happening, we can say, hey, what you do is not right. Whatever the problem 
is you need to sort it out with the person. Go directly to the person and speak. Rather than keeping silence, rather than trying to be nice and just, just not doing anything. Right? Remember, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And he goes on to say, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. You know, when people speak against you and your friend did not stand up for you or to bring about some kind of uh, good, you know, in that situation, it is a betrayal of your friendship. So, when silence can be a betrayal. So, we know Martin Luther was talking about the many hundreds and thousands of Christians in America, white Christians, when there are these, these evil people who are racist, who are doing evil kind of things, the majority of good people keep silence. And as a result, evil becomes rampant. So Martin Luther is, is dealing with this Good people who keep silence, who do nothing, and say, you are just as guilty. You have, in a way, you are condoning and cooperating and allow these things to happen because you have kept silence. And you are betraying your fellow Christians uh, of a different uh, race. So the ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by the bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. So that is the ultimate tragedy when we do nothing. And so the Bible is teaching us that we are to do good, do good, so that we will silence the voices of the evil one will do what is right. And then, how do we deal with our enemies? To love our enemies. We are not to be judged. God is the only judge. And in the Old Testament, we know Joseph, he was betrayed by his elder brothers, sold him to the traders, in fact, almost wanting to kill him. So they show no love, no mercy, and they are there to destroy. And the story turned around that Joseph became the prime minister of Egypt and the brothers have to come begging for food uh, because of the famine. And after the father died, all these brothers are so scared because they think that now Joseph will take his revenge against them. But David said, uh, no, Joseph said something in uh, Genesis 50 verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intend to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now 
being done the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he assured them and spoke kindly to them. So, Joseph knew God is the only one who is to, to judge. And he will not judge his brother. He will not uh, take revenge into his own hand because he's recognized God and he recognized uh, God's jurisdiction instead of rising up. But uh, of course, in, in life, we see people begin to act as if they are God, as if they are so righteous, they begin to judge and condemn and, and criticize and, and, and just, just being evil because they think they are so righteous. But we need to learn from Joseph. He has honored God. He knows what's right and wrong. He knows he's in the right, but yet he refused to, ab to abuse that, that uh, uh, the position to, to, to judge his brother. And he recognized that God is the only judge. We are not to uh, take revenge. And the reason why it's so easy for us to want to take revenge and want to take things into our own hands is that sense of feeling of, uh, uh, for natural justice. We felt this is wrong and so we, we want to, you know, uh, deal with that situation. So that's, that's why very often because of that feeling inside when we felt that we are being wrong, when we felt that we are uh, innocent victim, I say we felt. It's not necessarily true because a lot of times we are guilty. But anyway, that's how we felt. And so we want to take revenge and we begin to, to, to think that we are acting out for justice. But the Bible in Romans 12, verse 17, the passage that we read early on, say, do not repay anyone evil for evil. And then verse 19, he said, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. So we are not qualified to judge. Because God knows everything. When he executes judgment, there is justice. But when we execute judgment because we don't know everything, very often, instead of ex uh, 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 being just, we become the wicked person because we condemn the guilty one. And Matthew 12, verse 7, Jesus said this, If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent. So because we think we know the word of God, we think we know what is right. And many times we don't. Because we only have a superficial, a lot of people, they just they only have a superficial understanding of the scripture, of the ways of God. 
God's way is not our way. The way God sees things. God looks with the eye of being merciful, wanting to bring about good, freedom to those who are guilty and who those who are in a, seemingly in the in wrong in order to give them another chance to lie. So God would judge things differently. But where else we think that that person deserves it? Whereas God is merciful, He is compassionate towards this who have failed to watch this who have sinned against him. And so we are not qualified to judge. And another reason why we are not to judge is because those whom we judge, they do not belong to us. They are God's servant. They are, especially in a, in a church context, they are God's people, God's servant. You are not their master. You are just fellow servants. Okay, in Romans 14, 4, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So his master is working in his life. His master will knows the, 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 the beginning to the end. And he is to stand before the master, not us. And the master will make him stand. And, and this is the heart of the master towards his servant. This is the heart of God towards us. So who are we? The Bible says, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? Who are you? You are not qualified. You have no right to judge someone else's servant. Even though you, you may think it's wrong. But God, his master, will work in his life. God, his master, will do what is right to make his servant stand. So we are, when we look at those who wrong us, the enemies in our life, we are not to judge or condemn them. But rather, we are to do good so that we can overcome the evil that is going around. So what are the good things that we are to do to our enemies if, we, if, if they're against us? What, what are the good things? Look at the same passage, Romans 12, verse 17. He said, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. So when we are careful, then we are not reacting. People who react to what happened are people who are not careful. They allow their emotion, they allow their pain, they allow their experience to control them. But the Bible says, no, you are to be careful to do what is right and not be overcome by evil. 
not be overcome by pain, not be overcome by the wrong that others have done. No, you've got to be careful. Not to react, but to process through so that you can find what is right, what is good, and begin to do those things. Right? Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Not in your own eyes. Look at the big picture. Look at what is good. We look at things from our narrow perspective, one from our selfish point of view. So we want what is good for us and we don't see the big picture. But you say, do what is good in the eyes of everyone. That means you see the big picture. Because when you see the big picture, it may mean that you have to sacrifice, you have to let go. It may work against you, but it's good for the body. Preserve the unity that's in the body. So we let go. We suffer. To do what is good in the eyes of everyone. And uh, secondly, we do what God desires, what agrees with God's, uh, God's intention, God's ways. Romans 12, verse 20, he said, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. So that means you are acting against your own feeling. Your feeling of justice will cause you to, to, to want to judge the other person, condemn the other person, and take things into your own hand. But the scripture is telling us, no, be careful. Process it, be careful. Don't do it. Don't act in the flesh. But be careful about what you do so that you will do against your natural feeling. Your feeling is one to take revenge. But when we are careful to do what is good, we act in the opposite. We, we do good to our enemies. When they're hungry, we feed them. Thirsty, we give them something to drink. So what are we to do to them? Verse 14 says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I can tell you when people bring hurts to you and suffering and maybe even provoking you to anger, many times our reaction is to rise against them, is to curse them with, well, whether verbally or in our mind, those thoughts will come. But the Bible says, do what is contrary, bless them. In other words, instead of speaking curses, speaking things that is against them, we speak good words and, and, and not curses, right? And then to verse 15, the next verse, Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. 
What are we to do? We must be able to empathize with others. Sometimes our enemies, why are they doing what they are doing? Because they are hurting people. Hurting people hurts others. So when we are able to empathize with them, sometimes uh, when we can see the true cause, sometimes you, you feel sorry for the person. Instead of being angry with the person, you, you can see that this person is really feeling so bad about himself or herself and uh, so rejected. And that's why they are hurting people. They are rejecting people. So we must be able to empathize with them and to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. And what are we to do? We are to live in harmony. Live in harmony with others. So to live in harmony, there will be compromise, there will be give and take, there will be a lot of things you have to look, you have to overlook. Some people somehow cannot overlook at things. They want to pick everything, every fault, and, and, and bring to your attention as if you cannot see. These are very critical people. Yeah, but we are to live in harmony. Many times we just overlook so that we can move on in life, so that we can live in harmony rather than being against one another. And uh, verse 18 says, If it's possible as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We know sometimes, as we mentioned before, we, are, we cannot be in control. But if we can, what do we need to do? We need to let go. We need to suffer injustice like Jesus did. Whatever, if it depends on us. We want to live in peace. So the Bible, is, uh, the Bible is telling us there's no reason, no excuse for bringing division, for bringing conflicts uh, into, the, into the church. Because whatever it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Okay? And... Uh, Finally, it says, Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So we respect others. We respect people, even though they may not be able to Understand they may, be able, may, they may be lower in terms of whatever, you know, their, their IQ, their understanding, their performance, and so on. The Bible says we must be able to humble ourselves and be able to associate with these people because we are to live in peace with everyone. And uh, do not be conceited. So, 
this evening we learn some very powerful truth how we can overcome evil with good and uh, it's not easy I'm not saying I have done it in fact I struggle but I look at Martin Luther King Jr I really admire him how he can in the midst of all these uh, conflicts and, and, and persecution he was put in prison he was eventually was assassinated so can you imagine what he has gone through so much injustice and he could have reacted in hate but he didn't and he's the one who proclaimed that we are to overcome evil with good we are to rise up and begin to populate the place with good things so that darkness are being pushed away so i hope that in the church in this new year and in the years to come when we are facing with that uh, kind of situation where the peace the unity the harmony is threatened we will all rise up and begins to 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 speak up so that we will populate this place the family of god the church of god with, with good words and with good things with with the glory of god in order to displace the evil that the enemies wants to do to come and destroy us to come and weaken the church of jesus christ let's learn let's learn it's not easy let's learn to love our enemies and uh, let's learn from martin luther king jr and allows the word of god to continue to work in our hearts so that we will indeed be able to love our neighbors ourselves love our enemies and overcome evil with good may the lord help us shall we pray father we come before you we recognize that we need your grace to fill our life so that we will know how to humble ourselves before you and surrender our life to you and allow you to work in us to fulfill this commandment of loving our neighbor and even loving our enemy lord we look to you lord and pray that the love of god will fill our hearts with grace with compassion with mercy so that we will deal with others in mercy rather than injustice so that your grace will abound your mercy will abound there will be harmony there will be love there will be unity there will be your glory on this earth we thank you we bless you bless your people lord allow these words to continue to speak to us every day in the name of jesus we pray amen amen okay the lord bless you we'll see you again next week bye bye